truth of our hope these last few weeks. The lady's just saying of that hope that lived among the people through the ages. And we began by looking at the hope of Christ's second coming earlier this month. And we learned that this hope motivates us to live a life of holiness in the realization that Christ is coming again soon. And we looked at the truth regarding our hope that motivates us towards humanitarianism. At Christ's coming, his sheep will be known by their love and service to even the least of these, the Bible says. And because we were created unto good works, because we were gifted for good works, and because we have been provoked unto good works, we are to serve one another and love one another. Last week, we went back in time uh, and saw hope through the first coming of our Savior. We saw hope works through the impossible. But because we have been chosen by God, we can see wondrous things happen in our lives if we'll just yield to his leading. Mary yielded to God, choosing her uh, to do the impossible. And now she sees that this hope from heaven was now living in her. Today we look at a time in the Bible when Christ's child has already come. Mary and Joseph have either come back to Bethlehem or they have decided to live there for the time being. But they're staying in a house this time, not a stable. Uh, the, also the word that is used for Jesus is that he was a young child. The Greek word, uh, pedion, uh, literally means a, li a little child in training. And for this reason, we believe that Jesus was probably upwards to two years old at this time. And wise men, uh, the Greek word used is magos, uh, coming from Persia or Babylon, the word magi is used. And we often think of there being three wise men when they came, but because uh, there were three gifts that were brought, but we don't really know how many there were. But these three wise men arrive in Jerusalem and asking about he that is born king of the Jews. And by the way, notice that it says he that is born king, not he that is born to be king. Amen? Uh, he is king already, even as a child. And they had seen a star in the east, and now they were coming to worship him. King Herod hears about the fact that they are seeking for this king and is troubled. So he gathers all the chief priests and all the scribes to find out what they're talking about and where is this Christ to be born. And they tell Herod that, he's to be, that it has been prophesied that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. And Herod then privately calls the wise men to him and asks them questions about when the star appeared. <laughs> and then he sent them to Bethlehem and tells them to find the young child and let him know where he is so that he can come and worship him also. And as the wise men leave King Herod, they head towards Bethlehem and see the star once again. And the Bible says that the star went before them. And this language is the language of something or someone leading another, actually moving and leading someone. And then it says it came and stood over where the young child was. And the word stood here just means stop. So it stops over where Jesus was. When they saw this star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. That was my memory verse whenever I was in third grade. Because they found the shortest verse that this kid could memorize. At least he could say it. And so I still remember the, the relief that I felt when I was assigned that verse. But they came into the house and they saw the young child with Mary and fell and worshipped him. And then they presented him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And what great story, amen? 
the favorite of many this time of year, with the wise men that came to see Jesus. The word that's used for star is the word aster in the Greece. It, it literally means a heavenly body like the stars. However, it is a star that obviously moved in a direction to lead them because the words that are used are very precise. And a star that stopped over one particular house. And they recognized it as being the star that they had seen in the east. I'm amazed at how God has worked throughout this world, amen, and has given hope for all to see if they would just open their eyes and see it. These wise men are commonly thought to be from the area around Babylon or Persia, since the word that is used as the description is magi or a Persian astrologer. And what would lead them to know that this star was meant to be for the king of the Jews? How do they connect this star to that? God could have revealed it to them particularly through private uh, a re revelation, or it may also be that they had copies of the prophecies of the Old Testament that spoke of the coming Messiah. The Jews, for the most part, returned to their homeland 500 years before, but some of them stayed in that area. Now, over 500 years later, perhaps they had found some of these old manuscripts. Perhaps copies of the Word of God were left behind. And these few men were able to piece together these prophecies with a recognition of this unusual star. Either way, the star symbolized hope, a hope of a coming king. And that hope is still very alive in our hearts today at Christmas. So let's look at this hope that we see in the coming star, in this Christmas star, excuse me. We first look at number one, the hope that shines to all. The hope that shines to all. The verse number two says, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Even early on, God has hinted that his salvation was for all who would come to him. And there's no doubt that this hope was, first of all, to the Jews, letter A. It was definitely to the Jews. The hope that was brought by this star was for the king of the Jews. It was his star that they saw in the east. The king was come as Messiah, the deliverer to the Jews. He was their king. And they were his chosen people. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 tells us about the gospel. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. He says specifically to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. Jesus revealed himself to the Jews first, and through the Jews, we were able to hear the truth. I'm so grateful that even though he brought it to the Jews first, that he didn't just bring this hope of salvation to the Jews only. Amen? It wasn't the high priest who saw the star. It wasn't King Herod who saw the star. It wasn't the Pharisees who saw the star. It was, letter B, the Gentiles that saw the star. I'm so grateful that this hope was for the Gentiles as well. And God worked miraculously to show this truth to the Gentiles specifically. Boy, what a picture of God's love for the whole world. Amen. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But these Gentiles had studied the stars, and they possibly had studied the prophecies. 
they recognized somehow that this king was different. It was enough to cause them to seek him out. It was enough to cause them to bring him gifts. It was enough for them to, when they saw him, fall down and worship him. Very likely these men were worldly astrologers, not men of God. And yet when they opened their heart to God, they saw the difference. The difference, no doubt, changed them. I'm so grateful that God, God's plan also is to include us. Amen? It wasn't just a last-minute thought. Oh, okay, well, I guess you can come along too. It was his plan from the beginning. The hope was for the Gentiles as well. And this hope stirred these wise men to come from a far away to be able to come and worship him. I heard about us. A uh, local school had an art contest and one Christmas season and a few years ago in East Texas. And one of the prize winners was a picture drawn by a nine-year-old boy showing three men offering gifts to the baby Jesus in his manger. And what made the picture unique is that how the three gift presenters arrived, uh, there was a fire truck on the side of the picture. And the principal asked the boy about the decision to draw the fire truck. And the boy said in his heavy East Texas accident, accent, uh, well, the Bible says the wise men came from afar. <laughs> However you understand the Christmas story, <laughs> hope shines to all. Amen. Also, this hope was not just for the Jews and the Gentiles, but more than 2,000 years later, praise the Lord, the hope that this star represents is for us today. Once again, realizing that the biblical word hope is not a wishful thinking, but an expectation with certainty that God will do what he has said. The hope that this king represents is not just another king, but the king of kings. Paul encourages Timothy to keep the faith in 1 Timothy, and he told him in 1 Timothy 6, 14 and 15, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is in his time he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. One day he will show the whole world who he truly is. This hope shines bright throughout the course of time, to bring us to Christ. Oh, how we need to be busy sharing this light of hope to the world around us. It's not ours to keep any more than it was the Jews to keep. It's ours to share. The hope shines to all. Secondly, this hope solicits a response. This hope solicits a response. Everyone in this story responded to the hope of this Christmas star. Everyone. So respond, uh, some responded by seeing it, by hearing about it. Some respond, uh, saw and responded. Some responded positively. Some responded negatively. The question is, what will your response be today? The first response was letter A, to receive. The re to receive the star and the hope. Some did receive the hope. The wise men saw the star and recognized it as a symbol of the hope of a king who was coming, a special king. And then they acted upon that hope and received a blessing because of it. 
By the way, they did not just greet a king, but they worshipped a king. Verse 11 says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. It was recognized that this child was not their equal, or even slightly better than them, but far superior to them. The complete words dictionary of the New Testament tells us the ancient Oriental, especially Persian mode of salutation between persons of equal rank was to kiss each other on the lips. I'm so grateful I'm not Persian. When the difference of rank was slight, they would kiss each other on the cheek. When one was much inferior, he would fall upon his knees and touch his forehead to the ground and, or, or prostrate himself and throw kisses at the, same, uh, at the same time towards the superior. And this is the meaning or the sense behind this Greek word, to fall down and worship. They knew he was special. They received the leading of God, and because of it, they received joy. They even received God's protection because they acted upon this hope. Verse 12 says, being warned of God in a dream. They should, that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They were warned of God, specially by God, so that they would be protected. Hope solicits a response, and the wise men's response was to receive him. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior or as your King, there's no better birthday gift that you can give him than to receive him today. Evangelist John R. Rice said, You can never truly enjoy Christmas until you can look up into the Father's face and tell him you have received his Christmas gift. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I hope that describes you today. If it doesn't, there's no better time to respond than Christmas Eve. Another in the story responded as well, but he did not receive the hope. Instead, he chose to reject it. He chose to reject the hope of the star, the hope that Christ brought to the Jews. Herod act reacted out of fear, fear of losing his position as king, fear of losing as a ruler with the Romans. He was agitated. He was troubled. He sought out the truth, but when he heard the truth, he rejected him. The hope of that the star represented still solicited a response, but it was far different than the worship that the wise men brought. Verse 16 tells us Herod's true colors. He was not wanting to worship them. He says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, I'm not going to actually continue. I just wanted to read that verse because it had my name in it. <laughs> it's obvious by Herod's response that he never intended to receive the hope that Christ brought. I hope that everyone hearing my voice today will receive the hope of Christmas today. Don't reject him. Receive him while you can. This hope of Christmas star shines to all, Jew and Gentile, male or female, 
bond or free, during the time of Christ and today, and all the times in between. Don't miss the message that this hope brings. It was in December 1903 that after many attempts, the Wright brothers, Orville, Orville and Wilbur, were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground and into the air at Kitty Hawk. And thrilled over their accomplishment, they telegraphed this message to their sister, Catherine. We have actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and showed him the message. And he glanced at it and said, how nice. The boys will be coming home for Christmas. He totally missed the big news. For the first time in human history, man had flown. Oh, how easy it is for Satan to cover our eyes and miss the whole point. This hope of the Christmas star solicited a response. Will you receive him or will you reject him? Then lastly this morning we see when we have responded by receiving him, this hope stirs our giving. It stirs our giving. Verse 11 says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. When they came in and saw him, the hope of all the ages, they fell down and worshipped, and they gave of what they had. A lot of symbolism can be found in the gifts that they gave. I've heard many different representations of it. There's the symbolism representing the three offices held by Christ, the prophet, priest, and king. There's the symbolism of his death and burial in the myrrh, as this was a spice that was used during burial preparation. There's the symbolism of the truth within the frankincense, as it is one of the spices set before the testimony of God in the temple, often symbolic of his resurrection as well. But mostly, we see it as a strong symbol of Christ, number one, the king, letter A, the king. There's the symbolism of his future reign in the gold. Gold ever since the ancient times has been used to honor the kings. This gold pointed to the only begotten son of God being given by God to the, as the king of the Jews. And it reminds us of the love of God in his giving. The wise men no doubt were proclaiming him to be king. They were seeking the king of the Jews, after all. We, three kings, verse number two says, Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. The gold represented the gift to a king. We may not have gold to lay before him, but he would much rather just have you bow before him now as your king than have any gold. Will you lay before him your life as your king? The second gift, frankincense, is very symbolic of his deity, letter B. Frankincense is an aromatic, clear resin attained from, attained from the trees in northern India and Arabia. It's used in incense and perfumes and was treasured for its aroma and healing properties. People still use frankincense as an essential oil. Frankincense was a key ingredient used in the temple and is often a symbol of prayer as it was used to as the, the, the part of the spices that were burned to represent the, the prayers going up to heaven. As used in the temple, it pointed to the truth of God as it was placed before the testimony of God. 
But giving frank, frankincense to this baby was a recognition of him being the son of God. The third verse of three, We Three Kings says, Frankincense to offer have I, incense owns a deity hot nigh. Prayer and praising, voices raising, worshiping God on high. We may not be able to lay before him, our God, uh, today, frankincense, but we can lift up our prayers to him. A beautiful fragrance to our Lord and our God. Revelation gives us a view into heaven, and he says in chapter 8, verse 4, And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angels' hands. What a beautiful picture of our prayers going up to heaven. Will you lay before him your entire life as your Lord and your God and pray to him and give your life to him? The third gift, myrrh, as I mentioned before, was used often in preparation for burial. As such, it points our Christ as Savior. Let her see. This pointed to the reason that Jesus came. He was born to die on Calvary. Myrrh was also used for medicine and anointing oil. It was mixed along with other spices into the oil that was used to anoint prophets and priests. We're told in Deuteronomy 18.15, the, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of, thee, of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him shall ye hearken. This is a prophecy of the coming Savior, the one who would be called the great prophet, the, the prophet. And Christ is that prophet, which, by the way, he confirmed when he was on earth in Matthew 13.57. He said, And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. The myrrh given to him at his birth not only pointed to him being a prophet, but it also pointed to the work of salvation that he would do a few decades later as our Savior. The fourth verse of We Three Kings says, Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume, breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. Jesus came as King of Israel, the Messiah. He came as the priest of God to atone for man's sins. And he came as the prophet of God, speaking God's word and fulfilling God's plan to die for us so that he, he could save us. We too need to honor Christ this Christmas as our King and as our Savior and as our prophet. These wise men presented their gifts before the Savior. What can you give him today? The wise men gave of their time. They traveled from afar and they took the time to seek him. I may not see from afar, say from afar again without thinking, thinking about Texas. But they traveled from afar and they took time to seek him. You can bring to Christ your time this next year and serve him. The wise men gave of their talents. They were truth seekers and talented at that. What talent has God given you that you can bring to him this next year? The wise men gave of their treasures. They sacrificed and gave him costly treasures. Gold and frankincense and myrrh, all three costly gifts. Will you sacrifice for Christ from your treasure? Another Christmas carol says, What can I give him, poor as I am? 
If I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. So what can I give him? I'll do my part. I'll give him my heart. The story is told of a bell ringer many years ago at the, for the Salvation Army who stood outside of a store ringing a bell with a sign propped up against the change bucket that sat on the ground. That sign read, what will you give to Jesus this Christmas? A poor young boy walked by and he's obviously very poor by his clothes and such. And he read the sign and he stood there for a while and just read it, thinking. And he reached into his pocket and he pulled out a coin and placed it into the bucket. The bell ringer looked at it and he thought to himself, man, this is probably quite a sacrifice for this young man. The boy walked away only to come back just a few minutes later and stopped again and looked at the sign again. The boy dug into his pocket again and this time turned them out, grabbing all of the coins that he had, the few that he had, and he placed them all into the bucket. <clears throat> the bell ringer, as he walked, the boy walked away, thought to himself, wow, that was quite a sacrifice. He gave all that he had. The boy left and a man came up. The bell ringer was busy talking to the gentleman. and He heard a jostling of the coins in the bucket and he turned around ready to defend the money from a thief when he was actually shocked to find the little boy sitting inside of the bucket. What will you give to Jesus this Christmas? This young boy was willing to get to sacrifice, in fact, willing to give all that he had, but ultimately he knew that wasn't enough and decided to give God all that he was. We have a Christmas box on the back table, and the Lord leads you. You can give a Christmas offering to the Lord. I don't emphasize that much. I don't talk about it much. But many, it's a tradition, and they want to do that. And if you want to do that, that's wonderful. But what I would much rather see and I know that God would much rather see more than just your treasure to him, but give him your whole life. Will you give to Christ this season? The hope of the Christmas star, it brings so much hope and joy to our hearts. Will you give back to Christ? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to hear from your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. And may we uh, not be so wrapped up into all the goings on that are in this season and forget about you. But may we give of our lives, give of our hearts, give of our treasures, give of our talents to be able to further your kingdom and to show our love for you. I pray that you would bless us now today. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's open to page 300.